Welcome to Job Seekers Radio. I'm Andrew. And I'm Scott. This production is meant to provide meaningful support to find great careers faster. Whether you're working or not. Today on Job Seekers Radio, we're talking about how to keep your network alive and incubate relationships over time. I love the word incubation because as we're thinking about this, it is a long-term process. You're not going to build the same kind of relationship in one conversation, the same kind as you would build over several conversations over a period of time. Trust is built uh, by being earned. If you approach a networking relationship as something that is going to be incubated, what is that going to take? And hopefully you have an idea of what that takes. Both Scott and I have been in several transitions in our career, and the biggest learning that we've had and those that we've coached have had is, gosh, you know what? I wish I would have kept Kept. my network alive or kept networking or done this networking thing sooner. And really, it's a big question after you get your new job. How are you going to do that? How are you going to keep that network alive now that you're working? So one of the things that I, I have told people in the past is to get involved in industry associations. And often the company that you're working for will pay for your dues to participate because in essence, you're going to be representing them. The difficulty comes in when the company says, no, they're not going to sponsor you. And that just happened to me fairly recently where I was working in a, a, a job that I've been doing for a while, I have the expertise, I can represent well, but because they had somebody else representing, they're not going to pay for my uh, participation. So I had to choose whether or not to do it or not. For those who can afford to go ahead and join the local chapter, uh, I still recommend do it. Get, get yourself out there because if your company isn't going to invest in you, maybe it's because they don't yet see the value If they see you out there and doing this and representing well, especially if you're moving into positions of leadership within these associations, now they have a reason. And you can come back and say, if they say we want you to keep doing this, great. Are you gonna pay for my dues? Because that's how you're going to get me to represent you. And obviously you have to nuance that response, but your value should be something they're willing to pay for. By all means, keep networking, keep doing it, and don't lose sight of the fact that the people in the associations are going to continue seeing your investment in their uh, their efforts. And that could also lead to your next position. Let me set the stage. I just got a new job. I've been networking like crazy. I've been interviewing. I've run a course. I've run through the the right. grinder, so to speak. You just crossed and, the finish line. And I just crossed the finish line and I'm starting my new job on Monday. Ah, oh, it's just such a relief to have that job. That's a mindset, mm-hmm. right? The mindset is I now have a job. I'm busy working now. I don't know when I'm going to have time to carve out for networking, right? And, and you said associations was a good one. I also, I also think that's a good one. The first step really is to say, you know what? I know this is important and I'm going to prioritize it in some right. way. I'm going to give it added value. Yep. I'm going to put it in my, ca- whatever that looks like. Well, and I think about my own experience with that. When I, uh, the last job I took, I let them know that I moderate a job seekers group 
every other Tuesday morning and that is something that I want to continue and I, I, I didn't have to make it a condition of employment because this organization and more organizations are doing it where they actually incentivize employees to give back to the community in some fashion. So it was immediately, luckily, I got an immediate okay to, yes, I can continue doing that. But that keeps me in my networking mode. So whenever possible, if you're going to a regular networking event, don't stop just because you got a job. You may not be able to attend as many, say for instance, if you take a job where you have to travel occasionally, or if there is a conflict of some kind, keep your commitment to keep networking and that mindset is going to keep you in the game. Don't overlook the value of a 30, 60, 90 plan in terms of onboarding at a company. So even if, they, if you, even if they don't ask for one, even if you don't provide one at the interview, go ahead and create one so that you can say, okay, in the first 30 days, I wanna do this, this, and this inside the company. And then I wanna do this, this, and this outside the company right. doing networking or thanking people that got me to where I'm at or yeah. in my journey, whatever that looks like. There's probably a handful of people that were really strategic, um, were, had a real impact on your candidacy, right. whatever that looks like that was influential in your support. Well, for those who use LinkedIn or other um, social media or, or, or other networking platforms, that makes it easier to keep the networking going. As long as you don't forget to get back on and, and invest a little bit of time there. It really is a small investment needed to keep your hand in play. Uh, but for those who don't use social media or are otherwise disconnected from that venue, there are still things that you can do. It just takes some planning. Now, for those of us whose style isn't really geared towards planning, we were more doers, you know, tell me what to do and I could do it, but I'm not as good at, at you know, setting the stage for my follow-up. That will take an effort. It is an effort that is well-made, well-placed. The idea that, okay, if I'm, if I'm starting this job, I know that after the first month, I'm going to have some stories to tell. So as I approach starting my new job, I'll go to my calendar and set aside time to actually restart the conversations within networking. And, and I say restart because if you've been gone for a month, you're restarting them. Unless this is a monthly meeting and that is the natural cadence, you're probably going to lose some momentum. Be aware of that and be ready to, to put on the, the gas so that you're, you're getting back up to speed with it. It really takes some planning and effort to make that happen and it will pay off in the end. When you get on that job, you have your 30, 60, 90 plan, Set up these simple reminders to keep it in, in your calendar so you don't have to think about it. Really, the approach that we would encourage you to take in terms of mindset is this is an opportunity for you to pay it forward, uh, to, to give back to people who have given to you. So I'm going to give back by helping somebody else. Right. And maybe that's, uh, you know, I just want to stay present with a certain group of people. Or I want to be a little more strategic and say, okay, now that I'm here, what's next? Because we know in the scheme of things, the average tenure in an organization is probably two to three years, right. roughly speaking. And that means you should in the next two to three years be needing to find another job because you're either stale, outdated, 
or they're going to ask you to leave. Right. Well, and if you think about how you're giving back, you can be giving back to people within your new organization too. Not in the, the, the sense of this is the work that you do, but this is the, the kind of value that you offer them personally. I just had someone, although I do work in learning and development, so there was a dotted line there, but it was a faint one. And I had an employee come to me and ask about her own professional development and mentorship and how can she get involved with a mentor. And I let her know that, yes, we do have a mentor program within the organization. She shouldn't limit herself to those within her organization who can mentor. And this is another area where your professional associations can come into play. Usually at their networking functions, there will be people in a higher position at the event. They are expecting people to come up to them that they don't know and talk to them. If she were to have approached me at the networking event, I could have a different conversation than we're going to have at work. But by the same token, at that networking event, I might be able to introduce her to someone at a higher level, given the work that she does, which was in more of a sales role. I know a lot of salespeople. Well, I am very familiar with those who could be really good mentors for her, who could open her um, her horizons beyond the company that she's currently working for. Now, that doesn't mean that she would get a job somewhere else. It means that she will be able to provide a richer value to the company she's currently working for. But it, it really opens the mind. Win-win. Think win-win. Totally. I always, you know, it's so strange how learnings from years ago come into your mind. Occasionally, I'll get Covey that comes into my mind right. and the seven habits and, you know, there's different habits that I remember. I don't remember them all, but they're still there and they're still true today. Yeah. I would implement those in my networking, right? Begin with the end in mind. Okay? And, and when you first to understand. Somebody. Yes, that's I, exactly where I was uh, going. I, all those things matter in networking and, more than anything. And so few people actually use it. Um, I, I'm, I'm always interested to observe people's behavior at networking events because usually everybody comes in with the right idea. They want to do well by everyone else. And yet we all fall into the pattern. Once something intrigues us, oh, how is this going to benefit me? That's human nature, right? Those who really make a habit of seeking to understand, of going beyond the self, are the ones that stand out. Those are the people that others gravitate towards because they're not talking about themselves. They're not trying to get their own situation better. They're really focusing on understanding the people around them. And if you can take that approach to your networking, you're going to have a different experience. That brings us to a section here called tactical execution. When I start a new job, I want to have some tools, some techniques, maybe some advice on how to make a system out of this so I don't have to think about it too much. So I would encourage you get onto social media and maybe one of the things you do is just every time you get there, have a list of 10 or 12 people and send them a message. Sure. Once, once a quarter. And if, if 10 people is too much, break it up in, okay, this month I'm going to do five people. The next month you do five more people. The next month you do five more people, five people that, that, that will probably take you three minutes. Mm -hmm. Okay, but in that quarter, you've just contacted 15 people. And as you're working this through, 
I, I'm thinking about who is it that I'm contacting, not what can they bring me, but what value can I bring? We talk about it in the, the podcast that we did on LinkedIn um, about when you send a connection request, give them a message as to why they should follow through on that. I still continue to get messages, you know, I'd like to join your link, your network on LinkedIn. And I've gotten into the habit of asking why. I don't just connect. I ask them why. Now, it's not that I'm not willing to connect, but I'd, I'd like some, some actual interaction because LinkedIn has become so ubiquitous. Um, talk to me first. Let's network first. So for those who, who actually bring that mindset to it, I'm, I'm far more willing to, to open up and start the conversation. I just want somebody that's responsive on social media. Sure. And I get those messages too. And we'll leave the link to the podcast on LinkedIn that we just did recently in the show notes, as well as The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, a book by Stephen Covey. Uh, the other thing I would encourage you to do is maybe have a list of, I think the number that's good for me is 12. If you have a list of 12 people, it breaks neatly into a quarter. Yeah. You only have to contact one person a week. Yeah. And people are going to go on the list. People are going to come off the list. But this list is your, how would you say it? Your your A team. The people that you think cool. can be influential not only to yeah. your future, but you can add value to. And the nice thing about that is you build this relationship over time. And when and if, you know, it comes to the point where you want to leave somewhere or they're asking you to leave, You've got 12 people that you've been incubating relationship yeah. with over time that that phone call is really productive. And well, you could call each one of those 12 people and probably have something else lined up within a month. It really does come back to the idea of follow-up. I, I, I say this in all of the, the, the classes that I, I facilitate. Follow-up is the most important step of any process. So if you're incubating a networking relationship, it's going to happen in the follow-up. It's not happening in the doing. It's in the understanding and doing because of the understanding. It really is a different way to approach building that relationship of trust. So that's social media. That's a phone call maybe. We're also talking occasionally a handwritten note. So if you only have 12 people, I mean, that might be a note twice a year. Yeah. Maybe on a birthday or... Yeah, a, I a love work the anniversary. Of events. Yeah. Any events that you have. And birthday is fine because usually you'll see when somebody's birthday is on LinkedIn or some of the other social media. But if you've paid attention to when their anniversaries are, whether that's a work anniversary, a personal anniversary, whatever that is, uh, if they posted something about their kid graduating from college, put a, something on your calendar the following year about a week less than a year to, to then send a message to that person. Hey, how's your daughter doing? She's been a year out of college. What's going on? The fact that you remembered that is really a good thing. Now, we're not suggesting you stalk. Remembering the details makes someone feel important. And again, you want to build trust. The other alternative, and we highly recommend you do whatever you can to get somebody's cell phone number. Honestly, of course. Yes, honestly, not by over persuasion. Um, get the you send them a text message. You know, many uh, generations now today will only chat via text message. Right. 
They won't respond to an email. They won't respond to a phone call. But lo and behold, you send them a text message, you get an immediate response. Right. So part of this process, whether it's social media, the phone call, uh, the text message, or whatever, is determining what is their primary method of communication right. that they enjoy and where do they hang out on yeah. social media. There are different apps available like Slack and some of the others that I I'm by no means am um, endorsing any. Uh, and they all have their liabilities, but some people will use these alternate text uh, opportunities uh, rather than using their actual phone number. And there's a, a privacy issue. It's sort of a, that double-edged sword thing. Find out what they prefer and use that whenever possible. If you're the type, uh, and I admit to being one where I'm always skeptical about putting a new app on my phone, I would much rather use telephone text messages. You're going to run into some resistance with that, and that's understandable. Don't don't push it too far. Do find out what their preference is and see if you can't keep a conversation going that way. Not out of bounds if you have a solid relationship to maybe do a FaceTime or a video, video chat. chat yeah. If you're separated in some way, you know, uh, Maybe that's something to do with a celebration of some kind. Sure. You know, you could wrap it around that way. Yeah, I, I definitely, though, agree with you that it needs to be a solid relationship. I would not do a video chat with someone that I don't know unless I've set that up in advance. Uh, so, for example, I just had a, a meeting with a consultant who is going to be working with a company on Lean Six Sigma. And so I was part of that conversation to help keep the alignment between culture and what they're doing and the efforts involved. And he was on video. What surprised me was I was not expecting this to be a video call. I expected it to be a conference call. What I liked about his approach was he left his camera on, even though the others on the call all said they weren't going to use video. He allowed this so that we could get to know him. And I'll tell you, in subsequent conversations, it gets easier to then go ahead and turn the, the camera on. Use video chat carefully, but don't, don't avoid it completely. Let's talk about some systems, ways to make this connecting easier. We talked about the recurring calendar event that's yeah. low stakes. Uh, uh, there's, another, the there's another plugin you might look at for Gmail. It's called Boomerang. Right. And Boomerang allows you to send email in the future. Right. You could schedule if, it. Right. So if I met with Scott today and we were going to follow up maybe in two, three months and, and have a lunch, then I would say, hey, Scott, remember three months ago we talked about having lunch. Are you still game? And then you could send that uh, as a delayed email. Right. I, I love that that service because I, I can take care of it while it's in the moment. All of my memories are fresh. I don't have to rely on my memory to follow up two weeks later because by then I have moved on to other topics. I love that idea. I believe uh, Outlook offers something similar as well. Very similar, yes. Uh, I think it's a send on, it's an option in the options menu. Anyway, you have to have it open to make it work. Nice thing about Boomerang, it's on the web. It happens whether you're there or not. Right, yeah. Um, so I think the other thing is if you're looking to get a little more sophisticated with like a CRM or something like that, you could look at something like HubSpot. Um, I think that's a really, it's free. 
can't get any better than free. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so that allows you to track you things You can get like, better than free if you pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that is better than free for yeah. HubSpot. Yeah. Anyway, so the idea there is you'd have something that you could manage this with that's a little more proactive. And for those who don't use a, a customer relations management system, for heaven's sakes, a spreadsheet, just so you can keep track of the people that you've contacted, when you contacted them, so you can start to watch, ooh, I haven't talked to that person in three months. I really should send a little message to say, hey, I was thinking about you. But again, it, this takes a conscious effort to, to get out there and say, I'm actually going to follow up with people because it's too easy to just let them follow up with you. Because if you're both doing that, neither of you get any follow-up. Mm. And then you lose the relationship. Yeah, I also know people that use OneNote or Evernote mm -hmm. to uh -huh. do these kind of things to keep track of their, their networking. We don't want it to be too sophisticated because a system that takes more time to manage than actually execute, it, it, may, not, it. it may not be worth it and you right. may not use it. There, there are options out there. There's no reason why we can't keep on top of it to make it easier for ourselves. Right. Then you need to decide maybe what are the touch points that I want to have with this person? How often do I want to keep in touch with them? Maybe they were, how would you say it? A hyper referral source. And I've run into people like that, that they're, they're like promoting you to everybody and you don't even know it. Right. <laughs> right. And staying connected with somebody like that, maybe on a monthly basis would be a better idea because they're out in the community. They're active. They're always promoting you. You want to stay, Sure. Thankful, connected, grateful, and see if they can't continue to do that on your behalf. Not only that, but how can you pay that forward and make sure that they are aware that you are helping them? Because if the only thing that I'm doing is to say thank you for, for helping me and I want you to continue helping me, where's the benefit for you? On the other hand, if I can turn around and, and add value to your world, then this actually makes for a better It gives exchange. you a chance to do that. Sure. Right? The idea is you'd still want to be in touch with that person maybe on a monthly basis versus a quarterly basis or semi-annual basis, whatever that looks like. Right. Uh, and then I think it's important to collect data. Not, not in a nefarious way, but just to... My memory's good, but it's not perfect. Right. I wish it was. And there's things that I wish I would have kept track of when I was working way back when for XYZ Company right. that uh, would have been great to have so I could put it on my resume. Well, but I don't and have think any about, other information. Think about the people that you worked with in your past and that at the time you, you knew when their anniversaries were, you knew when their birthdays were, their kids, you know, the whole thing. And then when you see them 20 years later or 10 years later and you think, oh shoot, what was his wife's name? Or, oh, he had three kids and they were all about to enter college. What were their, you know, these are things that if you're keeping records, you should be able to find them. And then the next time you speak to them, hey, how's John, Mary, and, and Ellen doing? You're going to blow that guy's mind, right? Because you that actually you remember. Yes. You cared enough to track that information. Uh, it, and it, they're going to think huge. you just flat remembered it. Yeah. It, well, you did. Huge. It just happened to be in your spreadsheet or your... <laughs> Well, people are thinking, oh, well, he's lucky to, to be able to remember things. Well, luck is good for the prepared. It does very well for the prepared. The people who actually put the effort into taking those notes generally do better with them. That's right. That does it for this episode of Job Seekers Radio. You can get all the show notes and resources at jobseekersradio.com forward slash 057 or 
There's a link down below in the show notes. Click that link. While you're clicking that link, there's also one for our free resource, which is the Anatomy of a Networking Conversation. It's an ebook that uh, Andrew and I put together. Uh, has uh, audio. We we want you to be able to use this. Uh, get some benefit from it. If and there are questions that you have, you can also give us that feedback. Uh, we love getting questions to so that we can answer specific needs. Absolutely. And that anatomy of a networking ebook will actually help you build kind of an idea on how you should approach reconnecting with these people over time. Sure. Well, thank you everybody for joining us for this episode of Job Seekers Radio. Uh, we really appreciate your investment of time and attention. We acknowledge it. Uh, while you're um, finishing up here, we want you to head over to iTunes and subscribe to get future episodes if you haven't already. Um, and even if you have, please go back, give us a rate and review. Uh, let us know how we're doing. If there, as I said before, if there are questions that you have or some topic you want us to cover, uh, let us know there. We're, we're happy to, to help you in any way we can. Well, this is Andrew. And I'm Scott. Until next time. According to Debbie Boone, dreams are the seeds of change. Nothing ever grows without a seed, and nothing ever changes without a dream. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye.